0: Hey, 26ers, welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delicia, and this episode features Al Hardy. Al is an educator, certified life coach, speaker, and community organizer. Now, we feature plenty of guests on this show who have been successful in a nine to five and are now focused on building their own business either full time or on the side. But Al has a different story. He married young and dove right into entrepreneurship. Like most of us 26ers, Al experienced his fair share of challenges, and his life looks very different today than he may have envisioned back then. Today, Al is divorced and successfully co-parenting, and he serves as the dean of students at Marion P. Thomas Charter School, which is the largest independently operated republic charter school in Newark, New Jersey. Al and I packed a lot into this interview. Of course, we walked through his path from business owner to educator, but we also discussed his personal evolution and his involvement in the King Movement and other community initiatives. Like a true 26er, Al has his hand in many things, so I won't try to explain it all here. Just take a listen and please enjoy. Al, welcome yes. to the December 26th podcast. How are you?
1: Good, good. Yourself?
0: Good. You know what I liked about you? You came in here, you introduced yourself to everyone, you tried to get everyone's names, you were interested in what was going on behind the scenes on the show, who we talked to already today. That, that's, that's that's some good personality traits right there. And
1: it doesn't happen often. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, well, so I think that that's a couple of things. Um, I'm a people person. Um, interpersonal skills is very uh, near and dear to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I really care about how people are feeling, how they come into a space and how they leave a space. So that's very, uh, you know, that's just me. That's just sure. I me. Mean. So, um, you know, so even I, I'm an educator. Um, that's one of the, the the jobs that I have. Mm-hmm. And um, when the children come in, I try to shake their hands. Um, but in that role, I also have to play discipline. So they sure. sometimes they're not the happiest seeing me, <laughs> you know, but I also want to make sure that they feel good when they come in.
0: Absolutely. Well, you made you made us feel good for sure. Yeah, and seen, which is always good. Thank you. Thank you. Especially like when people don't really get the stress of like putting the show on and the logistics that we have to go through sometimes mm-hmm. and the fires that have to be put out. And there have been a couple today. So yeah. we appreciate that energy no, for no, sure. No,
1: that's, that's good. I, I definitely understand. You know, um, I, I do. I've done some podcasts. Um, I would like to be in a space to do my own. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, I'm picking up things as I'm <laughs> as I'm looking and as I, as your interview with
0: me. Awesome. Well, let's get into that interview. Tell me, who is Al Hardy?
1: So I, I always say this. I say I like to uh, thank my mother for giving me my first name, mm-hmm. and uh you know, my father for my last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom. My full name is Alphaquian Hardy. Um, Alphaquian. So Alphaquian stands for one who discerns and one who determines true or false. Mm-hmm. My mom. She gave me that name. Hardy is a name that you know that. That, that leaves legacy. Um, so my mom, she she wanted to give me a name of meaning, especially, you know, in the time I, I was born in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So during that time, you know, it was big on having Arabic or African names. She really loved the meaning of the name. And my father agreed. But I also talk about my father because my father is very present in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, that's about legacy. Um, and one thing I, I, I always try to talk about is that, uh, you know, is like love and legacy. Yes. And, um, you know, in school, people call you by your nickname. Your, your mom call you by your first name. But when, when it comes to your father, it's really about your last name. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? So I try to, uh, you know, walk out where my father has, uh, has started so
0: you're creating building on a legacy and creating your your own as well
1: yes well i have children mm-hmm. i have children and um that was very important for me uh to name each and every one of them so we've been uh, that's just very important i mean even when it comes to the name of your of your podcast is about your brand is about what it embodies and where you're going so mm-hmm. i just believe in 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 that all all in it, in it, in and of itself, I'm sorry. So you grew up in Newark. Um, so I was raised in Hillside. Okay. Uh, I went to high school in Newark. Um, and I'm back in Newark. Uh, due, due to my job. So my job, my nine to five.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm a dean of family. And, um, and culture. And what it, what it is I do there is uh, I help with the discipline, and not just the dis- discipline, but the culture. So pe- how people come in, how people leave, not just the school, but the class classroom, um, and then making sure, um, trying to keep uh, a good monitor on the behaviors. Um, so, and that comes with a lot of teaching, um, because, um, the students, they deal with a lot coming Mm -hmm. in the door. They're taught a lot when they come in the door. Now, my goal is, is from the time we have them from when they come in from, you know eight o'clock to the time that they leave from 350 you know can we just change their perspective sure you know what I mean and then sometimes you know they have a lot that they're going through so how can we change their per- change their perspective so what led you to academia um so I think me my spiritual development number one growing up and in, in, in church um but then I had a, a, a shift. Uh. I I was, I still am an entrepreneur, but I was a full-time entrepreneur. And then uh, I I was married, entrepreneur, and then I got a divorce. Okay. And then I realized in that shift that um, I had children, how was I going to, you know, make the ends meet? and still spend time with my family. So one of my good friends, he suggested education. And then I started to, you know, started to sub and then things started to pick up. I really enjoyed the impact that I was having on children. And then that's how I, you know, started to uh, take it even more serious and make those steps.
0: So take me back, right? Because a lot of people that, I think who've been on the show who work in education are like, I knew I wanted to be, you know, an educator from way back when. And your story is, is very different. So when you were coming out of high school, what was the dream and the vision that you had for your life at that time?
1: Uh, business. Mm-hmm. Business. Entrepreneur. I think the era that I came out of was we had the uh, the Jay-Z's, the the Diddy's, the uh, the Death Row's, you know, so... Eat the Dane Dash, they were big on entrepreneurship,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and, and it wasn't necessarily the self-made, but, you know, in essence, you know, Russell Simmons, you had these guys who come from humble beginners, come from communities that you, that you come from, and they spoke about entrepreneurship,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and, uh, in American society where uh, the things, the, the way we dress, the way we look uh, was frowned upon. Sure. But it, for us, it was a celebration, you know. So um, what I did was uh, as soon as, so it, I was just talking to some men today, young, young men today. The struggle for me was I w- went to college, played basketball.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and my last semester I had, A baby and I had the opportunity to have a business. So I had a baby and a business, and I felt as though I had opportunities, you know. But then I felt as though I am not necessarily as ready for the for the baby. So I had that caused pressure, Mm -hmm. and and then you have the pressure of the mom, you know. And I and and we 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 ended up being married, but you know doing so much too soon uh, was a lot, and that also led me into, you know, not just education, but the, the, also, the work that I do for my five to nine with life coaching is because I can understand the pressures that men face,
2: you know.
0: So, I, I definitely want to get into your present day where you're balancing the day job uh, with the life coaching that you do as well. But take me back to, to that time. It's, it's not often that you hear people who look like us were given the opportunity to have a business right out of school. Like, I know that story from some of my white friends who were like, I just stepped into the family business or I inherited this or somebody invested in me to be able to do this. How did that opportunity come? About for you,
1: um, it was a barber shop, mm-hmm. and uh, I had a liking. I just had a liking to the environment of the barbershop. shop. Um, so with that, you know, I started cutting hair, mm-hmm. and I was really cutting hair because of my 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 goal was always to be an entrepreneur. Not necessarily my skill set. Mm-hmm. So, so that's how that's how it, it, it started. I started cutting um, my brother here. He told me to bring some some other people. I brought some other people. Messed the hair up, <laughs> but he saw that you know that I had a determination. And, and and one thing that I've always had was if I if I wanted something, I kind of figured it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it was a like a quiet confidence. You know, it it wasn't I wasn't boasting or anything. I was just going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, step by step, he decided the uh the owner he decided that he was gonna leave, and he saw that even at, at, at a young age, he saw my maturity and uh maturity and how I maintain myself um uh manage you know the the little you know as the scripture says uh, uh if you uh manage the few or if 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 you could take care of the few, gotta make you rule over many yes, so um, so I was managing just what it is that I could. And then the opportunity happened. Um, So I brought it to um, my parents at the time. And they was like, no, it's too much. And in essence, now looking back, it was. (laughs) Uh But I had an aunt, um, a godmother. She was an educator. And she had gave me, like, some money um, because she didn't have any children. And she loved my father. Mm -hmm. So she left me and my brother some money. And it wasn't that much money, but she left us some money. And I used some of that. Okay. To, to buy the, the shop. And then I got a loan. So, you know, it, it, it worked out, you know, it worked out. But, you know, uh, the managing and I think for men, we have to work on how do we manage, you know, because creating, getting something new is all great. But how do we manage? You know, how do we budget our time, budget yes. our funds, budget the things that we have to budget to to sustain and then to grow? Mm-hmm. You know, so these are things that uh, I didn't have the skill set for, you know, yet. But it was a great experience because during that experience, uh, I learned how to assert myself. I learned because I was young. I was young. So at that age, I was like 22 Uh With at 26 to 30. Yeah. And uh, you want this space to be your space. But it was a culture, a different culture that wasn't my culture, you know. So it was it was a learning experience.
0: So you get this business, utilize some money that has been left to you Mm -hmm. um, to get it off the ground. There's now a baby in the picture. Mm hmm. Did you get married because you felt like this is the right thing to do and I want my child to have both parents in the home? Or did you genuinely feel like, no, this is what I want right now. I want to be a husband in addition to to owning a business.
1: I think for me, uh, and I I took a pause because I've went over it. But as I continue to think about it, Mm -hmm. I think for me, it was, you know, my my parents seeing my parents have a strong uh, marital uh, union. I think it was that I didn't know anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, you know how people have broken homes. I didn't know that. So it was just natural. Sure. That that was just natural. Yes. And then the baby was, uh, but now we didn't get married right away. Okay. You know, but me not being there, it it affected me. Um, It was, it was, it was a lot. It was just a lot. And I guess it wasn't a decision. uh, Let me put it to you. the, The best way is it was this decision that I think my parents would have made okay. and not a decision that I fully thought out and fully understood. You know what I mean? Do you feel
0: like what was also driving that maybe is growing up in church as well, like feeling the need to make traditional decisions because of the pressure of spirituality or religion or whatever?
1: Um. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um. Growing up in church, you know, it does bring some uh, some pressures. Yeah. You know, uh, but at the same time, you know, it gives you a moral fiber mm-hmm. uh, that I think that's needed that I didn't see too many else have. And then for me, the people who had that moral fiber, they exceeded, they did well, you know, so and they had a balance, you know, I can't say that for it everybody but the ones that I looked up to um so I think those pressures it was like more so internal pressures like I said like you know my father right my parents and then I see their families and like the families of his friends and then my uncle and and things like that you just this is just your norm right you know what I mean so because it's your norm you know and they're doing success they're being successful in it you know it might not have been, like I said, my journey. Mm-hmm. So I had to realize that, you know, so after everything, I kind of unpacked all of that. And then, you know, now uh, I kind of also help other, you know, young men and men to unpack it, you know.
0: Hindsight is always twenty twenty, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when people talk about small businesses that just work. Barbershop is always on the list, right? It's always like barbershop, daycare center, or car wash. Like Mm -hmm. you can make any of those pop and, and make a good income. Mm -hmm. This is something that you were in and got out of. Were you driven out of it? I know you said that, you know, being a family man and having this, you need to make a choice, but was it, was there a business driver for you to say, I can't do this anymore? Out, like from a financial piece, or was the financial piece cool? It was just the time, commitment, and the stress that came with it. It
1: was it was it was the the time, commitment, mm-hmm. and the stress, and me knowing that this isn't something that it wasn't, you know, it was more so an investment
2: mm-hmm. that I
1: wanted to build up, not something that I really wanted to do. Okay. You know what I mean? So that's just something that I had to realize. Like, you know, I'm not the best barber, <laughs> you know. I could I could do the simple. <laughs> now, you know, you know, I could give you a fade, give you a Caesar, Brooklyn, and it'll look nice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, you know, I'm not the person I bought it from. It's not my gift. Gotcha. You know? My gift was when people get in the chair, they feel better not because of the haircut, <laughs> it's because of the conversation. Yes, you know what I mean. So I had to realize that, you know what I mean. So they was paying more so for for coaching and therapy than <laughs> than the haircut, and that's at, and that was at a uh, at a low rate at that, at that time.
0: Listen, yeah, that, that uh, <laughs> what it costs for coaching and therapy these days. See. much more than the cost of a haircut. Even though I'm realizing that the cost of a haircut has gone up. Uh, exponentially. Because, no, uh, you know,
1: because the... the brother's getting beards, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about self-care, you know, so, you know, and and, and we have to, in, in inflation too, so. Yes. So if you're paying 25 for a cut, it's, you know, back in the day, you might have been 10 to 15. So over that time, you, you got to think yes. about inflation.
0: And now it's like, um, Beard salons, like you know, it's it's an experience. It's almost like a country club or men's, you know, a men's private men's club to get a haircut and get your beard taken care of. in some places and these I, days,
1: and and I think that's I think that's needed. Absolutely, I think that's needed because you know you have the sisters with the with the natural hair. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're getting you know y'all making solutions and all of that. Mm-hmm. So you know, and then you want your your man to uh feel good because after you get a haircut. You can't tell us nothing. That is true. You know, so you want us to feel good. And we need that time where we could just kind of decompress. And then, you know, and then in this space, we have to also think about us looking good um, because we we just want to feel better. And then we come home. And we look good for the people we want to look good for, Mm -hmm. you know, so.
0: So you decide to get out of the business Mm -hmm. um, and you come from this very traditional family, which informed some of your decisions. Mm -hmm. How did you then come to a new choice to say this marriage is not or did you make that choice to say this marriage is not working for me?
1: Um, It was a tough decision. Mm -hmm. Um, We both, you know, we both worked through it. I can't say it was we were on the same page, mm-hmm. but, you know, we were on different pages at different times. You know, at certain points we went. I wanted to work it out. Certain points she didn't. But we came to, to the agreement that it's not the best healthy space sure. for for both of us, you know. But, you know, I, I talked about one child. Now, mm-hmm. this is I have four children. Four. OK. Yeah, so so this was in the midst of, you know, and and each and every one of them, two two years apart my oldest is 18 now he's about to graduate so so in the midst of all of that you know we have four children Mm -hmm. you know business uh trying to think about insurance because that was another decision it's
0: serious yeah
1: so obamacare wasn't you know (laughs) wasn't in in effect at that point in time so all of that decision and all of that pressure kind of collided you know And, you know, so we we made the decision to to dissolve our marriage. And uh, but now um, and that's probably a whole different type of story. We we are we're communicating effectively. Mm -hmm. We're not. You know, we forgive forgiving each other um, and we, we care about each other and, and care about each other, not just for the sake of the, of the children, but we care about each other for the sake of each other. You know what I mean? I appreciate the work that she does with my children and she appreciates, you know, the, the work that I do and my presence with, mm-hmm. with my children.
0: So one of the things that. I have witnessed anecdotally with people who get married on the younger side, you know, younger into things. And in this very traditional setup, if it doesn't work out, they get out of it. And sometimes they, they go to the other extreme, where it's like sowing all these oats that they didn't get to sow before. You seem like someone who just went from one chapter to another and remained grounded and evolved. What do you attribute that to?
1: My spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another n- another thing. So I, I can't say I wasn't, <laughs> you know, I mm-hmm. didn't have my moments because I did. Um But you also have to have good people around you. So one of the things I always tell brothers is to have people around you, you know, um, that hold you accountable. And that's kind of what I kind of built. You know, I look for people to where I wanted to be, you know, Mm -hmm. in specific areas. If I seen good single fathers, I start hanging around them, start asking questions. You know what I mean? So I just didn't you know, live a single life. I knew I had children. So how do you navigate this? That's, mm-hmm. that's what I did. I, I started, community is so important. And I read a lot, um, read a lot of books, um, read scripture a lot. Um, so I would say, but community, finding a community in the space that you need Mm -hmm. You know, so that's 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 what kind of really attribute I can attribute that to.
0: And I know you do a lot with creating community now, which I definitely want to want to get to. But let's talk about your professional transition. So you Mm -hmm. go from did you sell the business?
1: So 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 my friend, he came back hmm He went to Virginia, came back, sold it back to him, and it was just a, a smooth transition. Clean break. Yeah.
0: So then you just start, you start subbing, right, mm-hmm. in, in school system. And what school system was that?
1: Hillside. Hillside. Hillside
0: school, school, so yeah. subbing in the school system um, and st- I remember having this up like mm-hmm. in in school and it was like the the opportunity to just kind of goof off for a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. I, I feel for substitute teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you had this experience where you really took to it, mm-hmm. right? What was your major? Was your major business account? So business administration. Mm-hmm. So you had no real formal training no.
1: for this. No. But I mean, the, the my my father, he's a pastor, my mom, she's a therapist. So Got I it. I pulled I pulled during their <laughs> their their skill set. Mm-hmm. So I give you a, uh, for instance, um, you know, you'll give them some free time. Now I had, to, I went from, I would go from a pre-K class, then the next day to a, a senior class. So everything is about relationships. In the senior class, I leveraged that I played basketball and that uh, I played sports. Um, and so, you know, so I, I, I understood that dynamic. So I would leverage that. And uh, pre-K just put on songs and they, they, <laughs> they just love to see a man just come in and have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, the issues that I had was more so in, in junior high, you know. So I would have, you know, because they're in that age where they're feeling themselves. Right. You know, so one thing, one, one story that my I tell my brother that he always tells is there was an issue with two two gentlemen stealing, right? One, one, one gentleman, he stole, the other one saw him steal. And because I was there... They was trying to have me mediate. Mm-hmm. So what I did was, and you were like this, um, in there, I said, you know what? I had a le- I had a lesson. I, and I said, you know what? Let's have court. Let's have court right here. I said, so you, I, I just start picking out people. So you're going to defend him. We're going to have a jury. And then, then you're going to defend him. So in the, in the, so that. You know, so I would just come up with creative ways to uh, <laughs> to to teach the, the students life lessons, and it was fun. You know, so those are things that I kind of did. You know,
0: so how long were you subbing before you thought
1: I can do this full time? Uh, I would say a year, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I started being uh, a paraprofessional, okay. um, assistant, teacher, teacher assistant. Then I moved on to uh, being a, a teacher. Um, And then uh, uh, interventionist, And that's when the the students who who they're not up to grade level, I would take them out and then I would, uh, you know, help them with their reading, help them with their math and try to get them to move up to where they needed to move up to. And then from there, um, because of the work that I was, I I really attributed to the work that I was doing outside of school Mm -hmm. um, in the community. They saw my skill set. And, you know, they brought me in as a, as a dean of culture.
0: So that is quite the trajectory for someone who didn't go to school for education mm-hmm. or social work or what have you. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a moment in the beginning where you're like, you know, because subs don't make that much money mm-hmm. or you're like, I got these kids now, mm-hmm. right? Living in separate households, trying to co-parent. Mm-hmm. I'm literally starting from the bottom rung mm-hmm. now in a new profession. How is this gonna work? Did you have that feeling, or were you just determined, or living off, you know, the sale of the barbershop, or what?
1: No, you have to have a system. Mm-hmm. You have to have a system. So, as soon as I got um, mm-hmm. divorced, you know, I moved in with my family, and 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 it was on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the purpose was for me to get myself together financially, but also for my children to be a part of uh, to see uh, a strong family, uh, a two-family home, you know? So I I did that, you know, on purpose because, you know, because I was just dissolved. And then I also see how, you know, brokenness happens in the children, you know? So I wanted to show them that model. We still had to work through things. They still felt a certain type of way, but I wanted them to believe in, uh, you know, in family, you know, so. That re- but that really helped, you know, helped on on multiple levels.
0: So moved in with family and just rebuilt from there mm-hmm. um, and, and clearly developed an anointing for this. We're mm-hmm. working with with children. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me a little bit more about the community work that you were doing.
1: So. Uh, I started this, pro- well, so I'm a part of this uh, men's movement. It's called the King Movement. King Movement, uh, they have chapters throughout the country. It's started by um, this guy named Chris Broussard. He's a, a Fox One sports uh, analyst. He was at ESPN. I don't know if I could say that. But, you know, he was at mm-hmm. ESPN. Um, and is geared towards uh, men of color and pulling out biblical truths of manhood, you know, and um, And then, because one of the biggest things in our community for black men, the reason why they don't believe in Christianity is because they believe that they're praying to a a white God. Mm -hmm. And so, what we help do is help them to see themselves in Scripture. I was um, at a uh, I was at a luncheon, uh, and uh, Raz Baraka, the mayor, he was saying that if you was to show uh, somebody a picture, right, they was to take it of a room. um, and then you, that person wants to see them in the room. You know, they want to see how they can relate to that picture. If it's a nice picture, it's a nice picture. But for them to get the full experience, they would like to see themselves in that picture. And a lot of times um, in in Christianity, we don't see ourselves in scripture. Right. So it helps. It This kind of helped me to know who I am from a spiritual perspective. Then I started... Uh, you know, to surround myself with other strong men in different areas. And um, and then that's how I, you know, started.
0: What I find interesting about that is the revelations you've had later is the fact that you grew up in this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you would think that for you, you already had that sense of identity. You're like, you're in it. You, you grew mm-hmm. up in it. But to have new revelations and see yourself um, and evolve in that way as a, an adult mm-hmm. who's had some experiences is fascinating to me.
1: Uh, so I saw... I saw the result,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, the the living out example, but not in the scripture, though. So they helped me to see it in the scripture mm-hmm. where my, my, let's just say my, my family helped me to see it in today's context. Mm-hmm. So so it's just, now it's just the merging of the two where a lot of men, they don't see it in today's context and they don't see it in the scripture. So why would I even, you know associate with something that I can't relate to right you know what I mean
0: yeah and I think there's another element too as people get more and more access to information Mm -hmm. feeling like this was a religion that was forced on us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know it was given to us by Mm -hmm. people who meant us no good Mm -hmm. so why are we um why are we committing to something that was really rooted in evil in terms of how it was Mm -hmm. presented to us how do you have you had internal debates about that yourself? And if so, how do you resolve it?
1: So, I mean, I have, you have to do your research. Mm -hmm. You have to look in scripture. Do you have to see that, you know, Africa is throughout, you know, is throughout the Bible. Um, When we look at, you know, in Europe Europe is really not laced through, through, there are some, you know, some, some things that, that scripturally, you know, when we talk about Europe, but it's not, uh, it's not applicable you know, fully applicable to, uh, to the scripture. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I just looked, I did my own research and then I got around other brothers who kind of believe what I believe. And then I would ask questions and, you know, I would ask the hard questions. Going back to, uh, to high school, that really helped me develop
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I went to a Catholic high school, but It was an all-boys high school, and a lot of times we would have debates. We would talk about, back back then, it would be Michael Jordan, uh, you know, the Chicago Bulls, uh, Patrick Ewing, uh, and the Knicks. But then we would have five percenters. We would have uh, brothers from the nation. We would have Jewish brothers. So we would have all these type of conversations because we have religion classes and in religion class, that was the time for for them to either agree or disagree. So at lunch, that's so that was the time that kind of helped me to sharpen my iron, you know, in that area. Now, moving forward, when I got with these brothers with the King movement, they helped me to really take a deeper dive into and to understand, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, so my 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 thought process is really the spiritual, you know, the emotional and the physical. So, um, I really had to take that dive into the spiritual, and then you know, then the emotional and the physical to help me back to get to get to a place of healing and to help me move forward.
0: And do you think that healing process is? ongoing still
1: of course yeah of course because you know like i play ball you know uh you win some games you lose some games and then in the midst of the games there's going to be some some hard fouls right <laughs> and there's going to be some some easy layups you know what i mean and the 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 thing is is when you get fouled hard you know are you going to get back up are you going to go back to to the uh, to the bench? And, you know, so you have to f- figure out how to recover. Sometimes you recover quickly, sometimes you don't, but there is recovery, right? You know,
0: and I know, you know, for for myself, having done a lot of work mm-hmm. to get to a place where what I of what I feel is healing mm-hmm. um and emotional and psychological wholeness, you can start to feel like, you know, get comfortable. Like I'm you know, I'm past that. And then something will happen or circumstances or pressure will rise in a way where it triggers mm-hmm. an old wound. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're experiencing struggle in a new way where it calls up those old feelings. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I've heard from not one, but two, te- two therapists that I've been through at different points in my life is, you know, never be afraid to, to come back here if mm-hmm. you feel like you need, you know, a tune up or, mm-hmm. or something. So um, I always hope that people can see from the, this show and the people that we talk too, is that that is an ongoing journey, that mm-hmm. that's a, a place of feeling like you are healthy emotionally and physically. Um, it's that never stops because mm-hmm. one of the, the things that I've discussed it on on a recording before in an interview that I didn't expect from the show is people feeling bad about themselves by listening to the people on the show. Mm-hmm. By seeing everything that they've accomplished mm-hmm. and um, how they, they work through issues and how they're living their lives and so leaving our some of our listeners feeling isolated. Like, well, mm-hmm. what am I doing? Mm-hmm. These people are, are able to do all those things. So we've been trying to make more of an effort to deep take a deeper dive into that journey and see that it is it is never straight. Mm-hmm. It's never straight. And you may think you're past something yeah. and then something else pops up to, to tell you, uh, no, that that's
1: not the case. Yeah. So I think going back to community. Mm hmm. That's really important. Uh, Community helps you not to feel isolated, you know, Uh, and and we have to uh, Mm -hmm. look at the difference between being isolated and solitude. You know, solitude is more about you taking that time away. For your rest, your peace, your um, re- your rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. Um, isolating is really you isolating yourself, you pulling yourself away because of you feeling bad about something, or it's something that you don't want to share. Um, so I really think that when you start feeling that way, you figure out. You know, you, 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 you deal with the feeling, you know, my mom always talks about feel, deal and heal, you know what I mean? I like so, that. so you have to feel, you know, you, so, and it's not bad to feel, you know, a lot of people try to suppress it, push it to the side. That's how you know that you're human because you feel, but you have to deal with it. How are you going to deal with it? Um, when you, when this thing is, when you're facing something that kind of triggered you, um, do you go back to your therapist and talk things through? Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a group of uh, friends that you talk talk to them about it? Do you, for me, it's a little bit of everything. I read like I I read something quick and I look specifically go, specifically about that subject and I read. And then I look at uh, because a lot of times you have a feeling, but you don't have the language for that right. feeling. And sometimes when, all you need is to get the language for understanding because you, you just want to understand what's happening. Now, when you start understanding what's happening uh, now, it helps you to find the s- certain solutions. Sometimes it's just, you know, just the understanding just helps you, mm-hmm. you know. So for me, that's kind of what I do. But sometimes you just have to get it out. You have to get that feeling out. You know what I mean? So that's my process. You know, so I have a question for you because I'm not trying to switch. So when you when things trigger you, what what do you normally do?
0: Well, and that is part of the reason how I ended up back in therapy at the last Mm -hmm. time I went, because there were so many things happening that were calling things up for me that I thought weren't there anymore. So. I was like, all right, you know, we got to work through this. And I don't necessarily do that every every time. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that thing about community mm-hmm. is I'm surrounded by a group of people, uh, mainly female friends. But there's a male influence there, too, that I can talk through those issues with and say, I, I can't really give it words yet. But I know today. I'm feeling tired or today I feel myself um, acting out of emotion mm-hmm. as opposed to thinking from a rational, logical perspective. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of my circle is that I have more than one friend who is either um, went to school for some form of therapy or, mm-hmm. or social work or works in that space, which helps mm-hmm. uh, to sort of navigate um, navigate that. So having someone ask me questions, mm-hmm. that helps me to come to a revelation myself. It's not that they're necessarily giving me a solution because we're all in the same boat, mm-hmm. but just simply validating my my, my experience mm-hmm. and helping me to break down what it is that I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Often, I have a revelatory experience from that, and also just being grounded in spirituality. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things that um, I have I remind myself of is that God wants good things for me,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know. And everybody's not a super holy roller. And I, I grew up in church, and you know, mm-hmm. I've 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 had my my issues mm-hmm. uh, with that environment as well, um, and some of the stuff that comes with religion. Mm -hmm. Not spirituality, not God, but religion. Mm -hmm. However, one constant in my life is, you know, well, really, I should say two. First, at the end of the day, I know God wants good things for me. Mm -hmm. And I am always move. Everything in my life is moving me to that. Mm -hmm. Um, And also that my story is written. And this is one chapter Mm -hmm. in in a very long journey. And this chapter is building on the next. You can't mm-hmm. have the next without this one. So mm-hmm. um, those are the things that, that I try to remind myself of. And as well as, you know, I often say life, there's, there is a GPS, mm-hmm. um, especially if you are connected, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in a spiritual sense. There's a GPS that when you make a wrong turn, mm-hmm. your you your life will automatically course correct for you to get, the de- get to the destination you're
1: supposed to. Mm-hmm.
0: It may take longer. Mm-hmm. You know, there may be a few turns you have to take to get back on the right track but that will happen
1: yes i i I definitely agree with that Mm -hmm. um and like like you said it goes back to the community yeah you know because a lot what what i've realized is that a lot of people in moments of tiredness Mm -hmm. of irrational thought because that's what you you know you you need somebody to help kind of bring you back yes you know my my grandmother just say bring your mind in
2: I, like that. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> to say bring your mind in you know what I mean because you know our, our mind is a powerful is a powerful mm-hmm. tool and sometimes uh mm-hmm. I, I tell uh I tell some people I tell I actually tell women I said you know I say your mind could be a tool or a weapon mm-hmm. you know what I mean and um sometimes we have to continue to make it a tool yeah you know what I mean so um yeah, I, I I would agree. I would I would definitely agree.
0: And I think sometimes what people get caught in is playing the tape of like mm-hmm. whatever's going on. That's mm-hmm. why I love you know your mom's. Uh, approach mm-hmm. um, feel deal and heal it's mm-hmm. even from a thought perspective because of what you're feeling mm-hmm. then you start to play this narrative of mm-hmm. what, whatever's going on and yeah. whatever you behold that's what you become so mm-hmm. if that's the only thing you're beholding that's just what's going to grow mm-hmm. in your in your life and i can i see that happen sometimes where mm-hmm. i find myself having the same conversation mm-hmm. with someone else, either I'm having it and I'm playing a tape or they, mm-hmm. they are. Mm-hmm. And then you start to feel those negative emotions and mm-hmm. thoughts just continue to grow. Yeah. Um. So it is, I'm a firm believer that we should acknowledge negative thoughts and feelings,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's one thing to acknowledge them. And it's a whole other thing to get stuck there. Yeah. And that's the part where I think sometimes it is a blind spot for people.
1: Yeah. And, and so I, I'm not, uh, this leads me to the work that I, I really which I is really a perfect like. segue yeah. this, this is what we
0: do we, yeah. we navigate to where we gotta go
1: so uh, with the life coaching right mm-hmm. I try to help people help themselves mm-hmm. and to be amongst each other so I, I just started these Master of One classes for men and we talked about uh, the first one that we did was the four friends that every man needs um, and that came out of a scripture um there's a there's a quote that Jay Z had. I believe I'm, I forget which one. Is, uh, which which song is on his first album? Mm-hmm. He says, "If every brother if every brother is rich, then my my crew is rugged. Uh, nobody will fall. We'll be each other's crutches." Mm-hmm. So there's a scripture where there was a paralyzed man, and he had four friends bring him to Jesus, and we kind of unpack that that thought. Um, because men need friends. Absolutely. You know, and what do, what, what type of friends, uh, do you have that's going to bring you to your healing?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, so we kind of unpacked that thought. Um, I just had an incident just recently, um, there was, uh, a, a student and he had two, it was three, actually three young men. Um, they, they was walking him down the hill and they pushed him into a fight with another person. And, you know, he didn't really want to fight. He said he did, but he didn't really want to fight. Mm-hmm. So, like, my thing is, what type of friends are you? <laughs> are you the one that's pushing you into a fight? Or are you the one that's bring you to your healing? Mm-hmm. So we kind of really unpacked that. Um, going back to, um, you know, my marriage and uh, how I choose my friends, there's a process that I kind of started thinking about on how you choose your friends. You know, um, first is prayer. Um, you know, and, and, you know, prayer meditation, because it causes you to sit, to think, and it gives you a sense of discernment. You know, you discern who you are that it also discerns, you know, who's coming in your in your space. Right. Because your space is, is important. You know what I mean? Um, the other one is purpose. A lot of people, uh, they think they know their purpose, but they don't really operate out of it. You know what I mean? Um, a little formula that I kind of use is is really your your skill set and your passion. You know what I mean? And that kind of helps you push, push you out of your potential. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and then we kind of break that down to understanding your passion. You know, your passion, uh, you, you figure it out through the problems that you solve, um, the things that get you up at night you know things like that so we kind of talk about your purpose um there's a there's a quote by uh, miles Moreau. he says uh if purpose isn't known abuse is inevitable and uh so a lot of times we are abuse comes uh, because we don't understand who we are right we don't understand our purpose so prayer purpose the other one is place um a lot of times we know people by uh, by proximity, mm-hmm. you know. So my, you you become friends with somebody because they in the same class. Yeah, they came in, you know. They knew you when you was coming up, but you're not going in the, in the same direction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They just know you because of where you where you started, right? Not where you're going. And that's a whole type of shift for people who feel comfortable with other people. So sometimes you have to change your whole dynamic and your whole circle because you don't understand, you know, the people don't understand who you are. Mm-hmm. But that comes through prayer and understanding your purpose. Now you can understand where you're going. And then the last one is is power. Um, power, um, it gives you, now there's a book called Force um, Versus Power. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we see um, people think, power is is being a force but a lot of people who have a gentle voice they they have a gentleness about them a kindness about them a peacefulness about them has the mo- have the most power mm-hmm. you know um so but it's not just uh that the way I interpret it is is that when I if I'm your friend it's how do I leave you do I, right. when, I, when I leave, do you feel empowered or do you feel some type of way? Because like if we look at scripture now, um, when when Jesus, he uh, he died, he rose. And but when he came back, he gave his disciples power. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you leave somebody, how do they feel? When, do you do you empower them? So um, so those are the things that we kind of uh, talk about and then like how how to choose. And now then from there, we kind of went to the four friends that kind of that you kind of need and, and we kind of unpack that, you know, that, you know, men really need. And I I say one is, is a mentor. You know what I mean? A lot of times we don't have that person. And, and a lot of guys ask me, how do you find a mentor? Um, I say, you look, (laughs) you know, sometimes you have to look and, and don't be afraid of a no, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid of a no. Um, so these are things that I think that us as men that we have to start. That's what, what community is really about, you know?
0: Yeah, it it's funny you should mention this because we were having a conversation off air earlier about Black men in particular not having the support network by way of friends that, say, Black women have. You know, So I have a waiting to exhale moment every week, you know, mm-hmm. with, with one set of girlfriends or another where, you know, somebody could drop a message in the group text and say, I'm having a rough time, mm-hmm. like when are we meeting? Like When are we going to dinner or let's get on the phone or, mm-hmm. or something? Um, having that support network is how we make it through. I have a, mm-hmm. a secret breakfast that happens with five to six professional women once every two months mm-hmm. um, before we all head off to our respective positions mm-hmm. where we can rant about the microaggressions that we face mm-hmm. and the the obstacles and the hurdles that are placed to, placed, uh, to, meant to limit us in our corporate advancement, all those things mm-hmm. where we can just talk about it and say, yes, I am angry mm-hmm. or, you know, yes, this happened. Or I'm sad about this. And even though we're talking about very heavy things, I leave those conversations feeling so much better mm-hmm. because it's a safe space where somebody says, I see you, mm-hmm. I recognize your your experience, I recognize your feelings, and I am here to listen and offer offer my perspective. Um and I, I do think that is Lacking for a lot of different reasons, you know, as it relates to to black men in particular. But how do you think we break the stigma of vulnerability um, and and show that vulnerability and masculinity are not mutually exclusive? Exclusive. Those things can can exist together. How do we continue to break those
1: stigmas? Down? I'm gonna come to your question, mm-hmm. but I, one of the reasons, um, because women have those supports, mm-hmm. this is one of the reasons why I want to create these spaces for men. Yeah, is because number one when uh, when i when i'm in school and women come to my uh come to my office for the for their young men mm-hmm. uh what i hear is uh they're upset they're tired you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh they don't have the the support of of men you know and uh and the reason one of the reasons is that they don't have the support of men is cuz men don't know how to support
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know so a lot of times what happens is when Men hear women uh, saying the things that they have to say. They either interpret it as nagging, mm-hmm. and and then or and they shut down. You know what I mean. And then they, they a lot of them bail out. Right. You know what I mean because we don't have the the mentors to teach us how to navigate that. You, you understand? What yes, I'm I do. So mm-hmm. so that's why we have to have these conversations. So on one level. Is for us, but on the next level, is for for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry, what was your question again?
0: So, how do we? I know you're doing the work now, mm-hmm. but how do we, as a people, continue to remove or lessen those stigmas around vulnerability okay. and creating those communities? vulnerability and masculinity? Yeah, mm-hmm. um,
1: I think uh, we have to make it, you know, appealing. We have to market it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to market it. I, I I do these shirts called "Black Men Are Dope, Black Women Are Dope." Um, And to my surprise, I I just put it out there. My intentions was for Black women to wear it and Black men to wear, Mm -hmm. you know. And, for you know, so we have to make it appealing, you know, make it fly. Um, I think also there was just something uh, recently with uh, Joel Embiid. Um, He was, he lost his game and he had uh, a young lady. She was uh, hugging him. Mm -hmm. He was crying at the end of his game. And... Uh, They had a private moment. And the the young lady, I believe, was Brazilian Mm -hmm. or or something like that. And I was getting questions from sisters and saying, um, you know, do we create these type of spaces Mm -hmm. um, for 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 uh, for black men? Or do you believe that just other cultures do that for our black men? And for me, I was I would say no. Mm -hmm. Um, Like. There was a a point in time when I was looking for a job and I couldn't find one. Uh, I did everything I had to do. And... I was with a young lady that I was dating and I was crying. Mm-hmm. She wiped my tears. I can't even say my mother wiped my tears. Mm-hmm. However, like, I've never really put that out there before, yeah. you know, that a sister wiped my tears. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never been like, you know, that private moment isn't really seen too much. Mm-hmm. So, I think we have to put those stories out there. We have to share those stories as men. Um, I think women have to share those stories, you know what I mean? Um, so, because those are real moments, you know what I mean? And for me, um, um, you know, that's why we we just have to continue to have these conversations. you yeah. know what I mean? So um, I think that's the the major thing is I've seen my father cry before, mm-hmm. you know, not just in for church or, or from a spiritual perspective. I've seen him cry for the sake of the things that uh, that I've done not in a bad way. Um, I was just, I was talking to him, I would say two or three months ago, and we was talking about, you know, we talk about sports Mm -hmm. and I played baseball and I was young. I would say like 12, 13. And I had a, uh, I was pitching and um, I did horrible, you know, and I came home and like, you know, the moment that made him cry was he didn't want to see me go through that. Mm-hmm. He was like, it was just a hard experience to see me go through that. Um, Me pitching, messing up, and then the coach having to take me out. And mm-hmm. like, he saw me down. Him reliving that story made him cry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but me being able to see that you know yeah. what I mean? So we just have to be able to share those stories, you know, share those stories. And and, and I think us as Black men, we have a love for our children. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the other thing is we have to share the, how much we love our kids. You know, when I'm with my sons now, uh, I mean, I've, I've been doing it for a while. I kiss them on the cheek, you know what I mean? Because I, I need them to feel that affection, right. you know what I mean, from me, you know? And then also... Um, I would also suggest to the moms to show their sons that affection too, because uh, a lot of times, if men don't get the 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 healthy and nurtured um, affection from their moms, they'll look for it in a different unhealthy way. True. You know, so I think around the board we have to look at how we uh, see and how we uh, communicate, and then you know how we are affectionate towards to towards one another. You know.
0: I, I agree with that. There's something that you said that I want to touch on, um, mainly those vulnerable moments where the black woman is there to support um, the black man. I can almost hear already some of the responses that we're going to get You know, from that, because one of the, the frustrations that I hear um, a lot that is coming from a place of hurt. I believe, is Black women say, why do we always have to do the emotional labor? You know, mm-hmm. we give and give and give and give for this person then to not stay with us
2: mm-hmm.
0: or to then get themselves together only for that, it to be a benefit to another woman. Mm-hmm. Um, or we just can't, we don't get the same return ever. What do you say to those women?
1: I say, uh, it's, tough. Mm-hmm. it's tough. It's tough. It's, it's, it's tough. I it's, it's, This is why I'm doing the work that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you have to look for so, so so for women I think you have to look for certain things you have to look for a man that's whole and that's healed absolutely you know what I mean uh a, a couple of things that uh who is he accountable to uh how does he respond in crisis um you know th- these are things that we you know that you should you should be looking for you know um when uh does he respond calmly? Or does he, does he think about things? Because, because all the men that I know who, uh, when certain things, like if my mom was to come up to my father, uh, his name is Addison. Addison, you know, ah, he takes a step back, mm-hmm. you know, he he takes a pause, you know, and then he, then he think he thinks things through, you know, how was he brought up, you know, uh, the things that, how can I say, like, you know, his, his upbringing, not just his, his upbringing, but. There's a certain man, right, in every man's life that they that they're accountable to. That if they do wrong, that they don't want to know. They don't want them to know what's mm-hmm. what's happening. So who is that person? You know what I mean? Yeah. Women should know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Women should know that. Um. So what are the things that he has been through? You know, and how did he live it out? Um. And then you, you should you should ask those type of questions, you know. So you, you should know if a man is healed by, you know, by certain things that like that, you know, like if he had a if he had a rough breakup, how did you get through that breakup?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, where are you at now? You know, you lost your job. So, OK, what did you do when you when you lost your job? You know, mm-hmm. just regular questions. Right. And, and don't interrogate them. Just you know you know you know how the how the sisters do mm-hmm. just put this accent in in passing you know because then then our guard is down yeah you know i'm, I'm hopefully i'm not giving away too much <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got ask the brothers I don't, I don't know um but but i think why i think this is important and what i'm holding on to what you you said is um if i can use church lingo for a minute a lot of women are not sowing into good ground mm. so if you are with the wrong person and you're making that emotional investment, you're not going to get a return. Mm -hmm. If they're they're not committed to the work as well, we've all got our baggage that we're bringing, Mm -hmm. but looking to those key indicators Mm -hmm. to see where they are. They may be still on the journey, but are they actively working to improve? I think where the bitterness comes in, sometimes and the exhaustion, is that people are really sowing those seeds in in the wrong place.
1: The same thing is is about when I talk about place, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times people get together because of a couple of things aesthetically yeah um they they you know just look good you know what i mean um or they have some type of connection you know uh it could be a physical connection they and or they could relate to to pain yes <laughs> you know what i mean oh your father wasn't there my father wasn't there oh
2: mm-hmm. okay cool
1: you know what i mean now we can relate to that or um you know or you're empathetic you know,
2: yeah. Oh,
1: he's a good man. How? How? What? What makes him a good man? You know, because he he walks his dog. Like, what? <laughs> what, what, what makes him a good man? You know, you understand? What I'm yeah. Saying? Like, and, and and so, what does a good man look like to you? Mm-hmm. Does it look like your father? Does it look like your uncle, your brother? If you know, does it look like your pastor, your your imam? Like, you know, right. what does a good man look like to you? Now, that's the standard. Now, you know. Now now that's how we're going to base base this off of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What we what we do is we base it off of potential, you know what it's I mean? True story. And and there's nothing I I I don't see there's nothing wrong with that. But are is and this is for women too, you know. Are you making uh the steps towards, uh, you know, making that potential move into Mm -hmm. kinetic, you know what I mean? So, 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 you know, and, and, and for, for me, you know, when we talk about moving from potential to kinetic, it always has to be an outside force that causes one to move you know, to the next um, to the next uh, to the next step or to the next dimension of their life. So it's not necessarily how they um, and it's not the breakup It's the people that you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why this is so big for me. You know, so that's why community is so big for for me is because if I hang around people who is always talking down about black women, you know what I mean? Eventually, um, yeah, you know, yeah. you start agreeing with it, you know, even if you don't say nothing. Not mm-hmm. Because if you don't say nothing, you're not, a, you're You're in agreement. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now, if you have somebody who's holding you accountable saying, bruh, this is what you like, come on, what's up? How you, you know, what's your plan for this? What's your plan for that? What's your, you know, how you gonna do this? You know, mm-hmm. then. You know, so I think we have to really take a start to start taking a look at, you know, people friends, you For know what sure. I mean, And how they hold each other accountable. You know what I mean? You know, so and sometimes it, it could fall through the cracks, mm-hmm. but you know, but we have to really start looking at that.
0: Absolutely. So yeah. you talked about your master of one. Mm-hmm. Are you doing one on one coaching as well?
1: Uh time hasn't allowed me. Okay. So I, I I prefer doing groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually I I definitely am. It's because of my job, you know. So I feel as though uh, you know, I work. I get up from seven thirty. I don't get back home till around seven, and you know, so I'm I'm just trying to figure out that balance. Right. And what I always say that my job informs me of the things that that needs to be done because a lot of people they don't grow past their childhood. True. You know what I mean, or their last trauma. Mm-hmm. So if 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 I know the age of your trauma, I know where you kind of got stuck. Um. So so you know so the so when I look at children. And then when I see adults, Mm -hmm. I kind of see the correlation, even though they have a bigger body.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) I look at them and, you know, I look at their childhood and and I just, you know, relate it to to one another. And then we we try to, you know, see where the growth has happened or where it Mm -hmm. can happen.
0: And one of the things that has helped me is that really understanding that people, some people, their growth became stagnant at that last you know trauma mm-hmm. um, and also reminded myself that often the reaction that I'm getting for, from someone has nothing to do with me mm-hmm. <laughs> It's based on their pers- experience and mm-hmm. what they're projecting on me mm-hmm. and lastly just reminding myself that everybody's in their own personal battle mm-hmm. that has saved me from clapping back on a lot of people mm-hmm. like just mm-hmm. saying everyone is in their own personal battle mm-hmm. and I'm on the receiving end mm-hmm. of whatever that struggle they're going through internally or, or due to outside circumstances I'm just gonna let this one slide and that makes
1: forgiveness a little bit yes. easier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you, you know, you get humble. I forgive you. Right. And you forgive me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not It's not my fault because a lot of times we take it personal. Yeah. And I, and I, I still struggle with that, mm-hmm. you know, because you might be doing the work Sometimes I do the work and I try to do the work for me and the other person. (laughs) You know, if you just read this, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, I did some research (laughs) and you just and they're not there. Right. You know what I mean? And sometimes and sometimes that's the that's the hardest thing because you're doing the work for yourself and somebody else. Absolutely. And they don't want it. You know what I mean? And I mean, and this is in our personal relationships. And so that's something that we have to look at. Okay, all right. I have to take a step back and then, you know, you're forgiven. Mm-hmm. You're forgiven, you know, because I need forgiveness also. Absolutely. you know? Absolutely. So, so yeah, so that's kind of where I've, I've, I've really been, you know, in this, in this journey, you know, through, through the work, especially this last year, um, you know, in education and Dealing with men, helping brothers out, we, you know, and we're helping each other out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're helping each other out on multiple levels. You know, so it's it's been good work, though.
0: It sounds like amazing work. Yeah. So tell me, what's on the horizon for Al Hardy?
1: Um, the goal, the goal is to uh, to continue these Master of One. Also, do this thing called Can We Talk?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Can We Talk is having brothers and women in the same black men black women in the same space to share uh, our thoughts about each other Mm -hmm. we have ground rules and everything like that so I've been doing that so our goal is to expand that um, where sisters could talk and where brothers could talk. Um, and the, our first one we did, the brothers were talking and the sisters was listening. You know?
0: Oh, so and it's it's like that. It, it's it's it, not it, an even exchange in the same
1: no, session. No, it, it is. Okay. No, it, it, it is. But I think that the women were so shocked to mm-hmm. hear brothers really talk from their heart that um, it was a learning. Experience. They were just taking it in.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? So I'm looking to expand that. Um, The master of one. So these group dynamics, I I really want to because my my ultimate goal is for us to have a a, a powerful community, Mm -hmm. a a community where we can support each other Um, because. Because we can't even get to the financial part if we don't trust each other, you know. That's the truth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We can't even talk about that until we we trust each other spiritually, mentally, emotionally, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Socially, you know. So we have to really uh, pull back the layers of the narrative, you know, Black business. I can't trust a Black business, you know. So. We have to figure out how we're going to um, talk, listen, and work together. So I'm looking to really expand that. Uh, the coaching, um, I'm really working on a, a, a program for, for, for people where um, it could be a benefit for them. You know, um, they could get a bang for for their buck, mm-hmm. more or less. Um, and the ultimate goal really is uh, kind of to do like what you're doing mm-hmm. here is to groom my family partner with my mother cuz she ha- she does the therapy um my mom my father and really build the family dynamic and then hopefully my children could be a part of it in some Way, shape, or form. Maybe not the coaching if that's not what they want to do, mm-hmm. but you know, we just leave that legacy for them. Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm all about legacy. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am.
0: Um, uh, so where can people find you online?
1: Um, so Al Hardy, mm-hmm. Uh. A lot of people have been buying the uh, the black love is dope, the mm-hmm. black men are dope, the black women are dope, and that's been great but you know we're going to expand it we're going to open up these sessions uh, for people you know so you can find me on there and then um, instagram at mr m r a l H a r d y, um, and you know, let's try to get my followers up.
0: No, oh, yeah, we'll get your followers <laughs> up. And I never asked this question this late, but we were flowing so well, and I was so mm-hmm. enraptured that I never even asked you. Mm-hmm. Asked you to describe a time when you had to be extraordinary on an ordinary day.
1: Um, so I'm I'm, I, I, I'm not going to be long because I know the, the time is ticking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say, um, in 2015, mm-hmm. um. I ran the New York City Marathon. Oh wow! And uh, and that was for me a culmination of everything that I I, I went through. The way it's, it even came to fruition was I had two weeks to prepare.
0: Two weeks. Yeah. How do you train for a marathon in two weeks? I
1: didn't. But it. it I, I didn't. But I did. Okay. You know what I mean? Um. So I'd say a year prior. Um, I made the decision to, to get my physical health mm-hmm. together. And that's part of my healing. Um, so I, I started working out and I decided that I was going to do a triathlon. Okay. So I had to learn how to swim. Uh, so, you know, I started cycling and i was psych- i you know i was cycle. i started out on a regular bike then i got a road bike mm-hmm. then we went from i went from like 10 miles like 3 miles my first time to doing a a, a century with with a community wow. with a with the bike group then i started you know running uh, so started doing that um but the swimming i couldn't not a game so i had to um I, went, I got some lessons um so i get to the uh to the venue where I have to do this triathlon.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, as soon as I get in the, uh, the waters are late. I didn't even make it. I had to, I had to, uh, get, uh, the, the, the ambulance came, they, they, they came and got me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, I didn't finish, I didn't finish that. Um, then the next year somebody had, Hit me up And said You know what They're not going to do it They had an opening slot Mm -hmm. So I just took their slot And I mean It just worked that way I said You know what This is something that On a bucket list You know what I mean And I might not ever have That opportunity again So I took it
0: you know, the 26.2, like just like I'm just going to yeah, do this. It was. It
1: was and, and I had, you know, I didn't tell anybody I was going to do it, mm-hmm. you know, because I didn't want anybody to talk me out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, So I did it. It took me six hours, <laughs> but Gosh. but I did it, you know. And for me, it was a culmination of uh, of everything I went through as it pertains to, like, my uh, divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, I went uh, to—one thing I didn't say was um, when I went to college, because I had the business and the baby, I didn't finish at that time. So I I went back and I finished. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of that was my children saw me graduate. So, um, you know, that was—it was about me finishing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So on an ordinary day, you know, I really proved to myself that I, I could not just start that I could finish. So, um, you know, so I, I, I really want to encourage. I know a lot of uh, people, they start things, but, you know, they try to figure out how to finish. Mm-hmm. That kind of physically helped me, you know, emotionally, spiritually and, and every every other area know that I could finish something, you know, so.
0: That's a high note to end on. <laughs> for Sure. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I thoroughly no en- enjoyed this. And we are deeply committed to um, not only encouraging people to maximize their potential, but also recognize their own fragility mm-hmm. and vulnerability and exploring those issues. That's a great really,
1: word. That's SAT word.
0: You know, listen, I, I come <laughs> with the words. I'm, I'm you know, I, I will claim that, that I do come with the vocab <laughs> sometimes. Um, but, so I appreciate you sharing your own story and the work that you're doing to Thank really you. push that same mission Thank you. forward. Thank so, I hope you enjoyed it.
1: Yes, I definitely did. I appreciate it. Awesome.
0: So, to our listeners, make sure you help Mr. Al Hardy get his followers up online. Yes, um, and look into the work that he's doing, especially if you are local here to the New York City metro area. And as always, remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delicia. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa, and music was provided by Thovol. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26er. That's December 26ER.